Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Our Father and our God, we just want to say thank you. There is none like you. We give you all the praise. We bless your name. Thank you for this evening. For this service. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, we just want to also remind us that we would have the seven day fasting from tomorrow and uh, we would have Zoom prayers Monday to Thursday then on Saturday again, oh, sorry, on Friday we'll have the vigil at St. Mary's St. Helen. Helen yeah, yeah, St. Helen, sorry um God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. But you have it on, on, the, on the church group chat and we will be informed. Um, please just make the best of it. One thing God has said is that he wants you to be responsible for bringing somebody to the anniversary. You know, and preferably I will not, you know, I, I, I it is, it, you know, it is, I've shared this with us about harvest. Harvest is not really about bringing fruit before God. Because after you bring your fruit, you are the one that will take it and go. You know what I'm saying? You know? So God is not taking, making use of anybody's fruit. But the fruit he's asking is a soul from you. A soul from you. And you know, that, that heaven, heaven cherishes far more then um, don't worry, we'll have fruit, hopefully. But <laughs> I just want to know that you know, uh, where you go to those adversities, after this, everybody's fighting about bread and fruit, and you know, like, you know, um, I got, I, you know, I've shared that times, God, like, ah, I thought they brought it for me. <laughs> Why are they taking it back? Yeah, God, God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But God is saying that because one thing he's told us to talk about on, on harvest day is redemption. And that is the issue about the salvation of souls. So he is believing and he's expecting that people will come close, to be people close to the way that they can hear the gospel themselves. So you know, and and if it's if it is your own contribution that you would you will literally bring people, you can have some friends. Don't worry, you know. But after at least after after church, we can go out to have coffee or whatever it is and things like that. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we try to look at reward in view, <clears throat> reward, we're looking at reward, and it, it is important that at each time when we are, it is important that you, you are clear about what the reward system is. You know, um, when you go to, when you, when you watch football in the halftime, the managers are gathering their team and they are, you know, one thing they're, they're saying, 
this is what is expected of you. You know, for those who you know, for those who follow a bit of football, you would see that you know, even in the last last match of this season, when Liverpool and Man City were having issues on, on the pitch, I can imagine at the halftime what Guardiola was not saying: "Don't worry, you can have a draw." And what what I'm trying to say is that at that point in time, he's setting clearly what the result, what the reward is. Because the reward would determine how you behave or how I behave. You know, you, you get what I'm trying to see who the, 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 I'm just trying to say the, the sad, for those who are very, who are, who are, who, 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 who love like me, are green passport. If you, if you have a red passport, you might not understand what I'm saying. But you know, you, 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 there is the new phenomenon in Nigeria now, which is called delegate system. Or, you know, it's not a new phenomenon, but you know, it's just become more emphasized recently. And things like that. Basically, people collecting money before they vote for you. Why, why, why has that become an issue? It's because people do not believe there will be a reward. So they will say, let me take my whole reward now. And you can go and do whatever it is you want to do. So you, you get what I'm saying. So what I'm telling is that when reward is not is not clear enough, it's everybody can do whatever it is they want to do because there is no clear clear view of what the reward is. And before before having said that, I would just you know there is that during during the Sydney Olympics, there was at the at the Sydney Harbour there was this there was this there was this. Um, um, thing that was put up, which is called Eternity. You know, that was the Sydney Harbour. It's a bridge. And I was saying called Eternity. You know, I was projected. And everybody around the world shirt. And, but there is a story behind this Eternity. There, there's this man, sorry, just for, there's this man called Otto Stace. He was he was a man that had issues in his own life, grew up in a very bad environment, was involved in drugs and drinking, and he met God. He became a Christian, he gave his life to Christ. And he began to hear his pastor say something in church. How I wish I can tell everybody across this nation about eternity. So, out of just when so he now said, you know, maybe that's my job. So he began to go across different parts in Sydney. And in the morning, after he prays, he goes there and he writes the word eternity on the walls. Or he writes it on the floor, on the walkway. Everybody, so he now became such, you know, Banksy. Do you know what we call Yeah, I can we do. Yeah. The, it's, it's faceless, supposedly. Anyway, you know, just see it's faceless. So you just wake up in an area, you just see a painting, and they say, "Oh, then cameras go." They say, "Oh, Banksy has done this," and things and things like that. So you know, that was what he was doing. People were people were walking about. People were seeing eternity. So it it, it became like a you know, everybody did not take note of it, but gradually. Over the years, every single day, he would look for another location and write the word eternity. And that was, you know, and it became, it became such until when they finally discovered many years later, 
who was actually writing it. But he had spent so many, in fact, I think it was about two years before he died or something, that they discovered who was writing it. So, you know, and, and it gripped the heart of a nation. One man who decided to begin to spread in his own way what he had about eternity. And there was one poet, let's just go there, there was one um, writer in, said two years after Hutter, Hutter's death in 1967, Sydney poet Douglas uh, published, he said that, that shy, mysterious po poet, Hutter Stacey, who, whose, whose work, just one single mighty word, walked through the utmost depth of time and space. And there was, and there his word was spoken. He had, sorry, he had eternity, eternity. It banged on him like a bell, like a bell. He said, so he says from heaven, he's sounding into the sonders of hell. Basically, he, he, he began to ring it about, and today, when Sidney Abba was about to be lodged to the world, Everybody remembered there was somebody who was writing something every single place that began to make people pause and think. And is that, would that, let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You would see why, you know, the Bible says, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, from verse 10 to 11, it said, I have seen the body God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has set eternity in the hearts of the human hearts. So that means that no matter who you are, I am not a, an atheist or whatever it is, what was making everybody pause? was that there was something in their heart that God has placed the question of eternity. The question of eternity. So as he was writing it, on the floor, when people were walking past, everybody stood to question themselves, what does this mean to me? And like most other things, is that it becomes such an iconic, um, iconic symbol that even the generations now do not know why it's there. All they know is that it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. God grants us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, why are we having a conversation around the reward and the, the issue around eternity is that when Christ called you and I, in whatever phase or place he has called you in life, he is not expecting you to bear fruits that would not have a lasting value. So basically, if when you go to John chapter 15, Verse 15 to 16, it says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. He said, for everything I have learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You, do, you did not choose me, I chose you. 
I appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, and that fruit may, may remain. So, it is important that as we look at this statement, that means that if I, somebody will say that I cannot be disappointed because I did not appoint you. So that means that if I gave you an appointment, I am expecting you to deliver according to what I have asked you to do. If he had said, I have just chosen you, you, whatever, you, whatever you, you feel that is right for you to do, please do it. But he said that I have appointed you. That means that, you know, without stressing the word beyond its, its uh, be overflowing the word, appointing means that it comes, you know, it is part of the word, points. That means that you are directly focusing on one person. So he's saying, I have appointed you that you may go and bear fruit. So I am not even talking about you bearing fruit alone. I am saying that you will bear fruit and that fruit will remain. And that fruit will remain. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So that means that there are certain things you can do. It, you, it may only have relevance here, but it has no eternal, eternal result. If, if all that are, you know, like, and this one that we, we, we can have services now and people can be excited. You know, we can hype up the service and people be excited. That is all that matters. That is everything. As far as God is concerned, that, that fruit is only existing here. It has no eternal result. And, you know, I, I, I had something that was, that really shook me was, you know, he was, he was, he was a great man of God. Blind, but he touched a lot of life in the, in, in the Yoruba land. And he said he had, one day God showed him a revelation. And he said God took him to his house. As in God, the description of a house that he was building in heaven. And, and he saw that the, wind, the, the house was still at window level. Then I said, God, ah, but I have been doing so many things. People have been getting healed. People have been doing, God said, yes. He said, but none of them has any eternal results. They have their eyes, but it's only here that they, they need it. Their soul is not saved. So we only count here the ones that have eternal value. Every other thing that doesn't have eternal value, it is useful at that other end. It is useful at that other end. But as we look at, as we look at, why are we talking about this? Is that you know, as we as we are looking into the new year, it is important that we remind ourselves what the reward system is, what counts and what doesn't. What counts and what doesn't. So that when you you know, there are certain things that I was I was saying to uh, at, at a church, they wanted to set up. Um, 
they wanted to set up um, a lesson, what's it called, um, something like a lesson, something to kind of help the children out, which was very good and important. So they invited me to come and help them to um, help them to formulate some kind of table, some kind of um, uh, something that is workable for them anyway, where they can. And so they began to talk to me, and I was in this meeting, and I was asking them. I said, "What is the goal of this thing?" They said, "Ah, oh, no, you know, we want to run a charity. We want to help children." To I said. Number one said, one thing you need to know, in church, you, your priority is not to give people what they can get outside. If, God help me, there's time that you know, they were concerned about the youth. So, in this place, so they said, okay, what are they going to do? So they now introduce uh, movies and other things like that. Or they also talk around it anyway. And, and I said, they can watch movie outside. I'm not saying don't watch movie. I'm just saying to you that it will get to a point because you are competing with the outside world. They will find a better football club that will take them and they will not come back to you. Because your priority is not to give them what outside can already give them. When somebody walks into a church, they know what they're walking into. So you don't need to you don't need to package it <laughs> in such a way that, you know, in such a way that... So when, when, when we are having this conversation, one of the things I was saying to them was that, I said to them, I said, I said, I said you need to understand how this system works. So they brought a, a business proposal, which I looked at, and I said, this proposal can work, but it will not work inside this place. He said, why? He said, because this is a church. Because one of the things that was argued about was that we need to charge people in order at least to meet the running cost. So I said, what happens to a child who cannot pay? He said, then we'll be running at a loss. And I said, the problem is that you do not understand what kind of system runs in this place. So the way this system runs, this place, as a church runs, is that you can you you can have fifty children who would not be able to pay, and God would bless somebody who will give more offering that will cover it. That in this system, what this system, the model that runs in this system is that He said, "Cast your bread upon waters." That is the system that works in it. So, but if you are running a system from outside and you want to you can't say it will die. So I said, you know, maybe it's a good business case. I support it as an as, as a cost analyst. I, it makes sense. But you use this system outside, not inside this place. Now, what I was trying to get across to them is that the system values in this system called the church. The way God places his reward system is different. And if you don't understand that, you would, you would, you know, you would run out of gas. Because your own thinking is that this is how God, you know, you do this, I get this result. Whereas the system, the reward system of God is totally different. 
you know, um, um, you know, some, somebody would say that, you know, if you, for example, if you pay your tithe, you'll be more rich. But there's no scripture that says that. What scripture says is that I will pour out a blessing. He did not even say blessings. He said a blessing. And as far as scripture is concerned, when you are protected, you are blessed. When when he said destroy it not, for it carries a blessing. That is why when Abraham, when Jacob wanted to bless his child, he, he gave um, what's it called he gave um, uh, no uh, is it um, uh, when Esau got the blessing and Esau Esau ran away, he did not take property. But by the time he came back, the blessing had such increased. So Jacob ran away, but the blessing had such increased that the blessing on Esau made him prosper. That's why the Bible says the blessings of God will make you prosper. So what God sends on you is a blessing. And that blessing empowers you to be able to be active in different areas of your life. So that is why, no matter how much you give your tithe, if you don't walk, you are going to be poor. It is the truth. Because all you have is blessing. You have not put it to work. Does that make sense? So, so but, but when we have this system, level system of saying, you know, you, put, you give God 10 pounds, you are expecting 50 pounds. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. God bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. But, Back to what we're talking about, you know, as we as we look at the bless, as we look at the reward system of God, you know, the um, Luke chapter, um, Luke chapter eighteen, verse verse um, verse twenty nine and thirty. Now Jesus is explaining certain things. So he said, "I tell you," Jesus said to them, "No one who has left his left home, wife, brothers, sisters." parents and children for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive many times in this age and in the age to come eternal life. So basically the system of God is that you are not only rewarded here, you are rewarded in heaven. Now, when so I don't know what's going on with this thing, it's just um God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, and this is quite important. As we begin to look at the reward system as God places it in eternity. C.S. Lewis said something. He, he was a lecturer in Oxford also. Can have, you, you can have most of his, most of his books. C.S. Lewis says, if you read history, you will find that Christians who lived most for the present world were precisely those who most sorry were precisely those who, who thought most of the next. Since Christians have likely ceased to think of the other world, they have become so ineffective in this world. A Christian that only has his reward system 
as placed in this world alone. The only thing they think about, since I didn't have it now, as far as God is concerned, you, your life continues. A man did not, when a man closes his eyes, as far as God is concerned, that is not where he died. The life continues on. So when we look at the reward system, it is important that we, we understand that as far as God is concerned, the reward system is not only in this world, but in eternity. And the Bible says in Luke, sorry, 2 John chapter um, 1 verse 18, and we're just going to, um, I'm just going to just, the Bible talks about full reward. So that means that there are different reward systems. You can have full reward, you can have half reward, you can have no reward. Now, as we begin to look at God's reward system, I want you to, I'm going to try to draw, God help us draw our hearts closer to understand that, you see, as a Christian, let's put it this way, as a Christian, the cross determines where you would be. That is to say that, say that Believing in the death and sacrifice of Christ determine either you go to heaven or hell. That is scripture. That's why Jesus said, as many that believe, he said, um, he said, for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten so that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He now later on to say that those who have refused to believe in him, they remain condemned. That is scripture. So, believing in Christ determines where you are where you are going to be either heaven or hell because why your sins you cannot pay for it we talked about that your sins you cannot pay for it because when you sin you sin against god you if i steal from him and i go to court in a, in a kingdom system and they put me in prison would they say i'm in prison because of him, they will say he's serving prison time at the pleasure of his of our majesty. So there is something they call sin against the state. When you you that person may even say, I don't want to do again. But the court has a responsibility to prosecute that person. So but that's why when David will say, David will say that he won't call That is you, oh Lord. It is, that doesn't mean that I did not offend other people. But the sin. Again, is to God. And the problem is that when you sin against God, it only takes God <laughs> to be able to. If I see a one year, a hundred year old woman, God forbid, on the road in the UK, and I slap her, uh, the worst will happen. They will take me to court for assault and things like that. Do you know that all or the policeman would when they seen the way they were arresting? But please, do you know if the queen was walking down and I walk, I tried to walk up to her to slap her. She's old, though. The repercussion will be different. Why? Because the person you are slapping is different. So when you sin against God, it is not the consequence of what you have done. It is who you have sinned against. 
Does that make sense? That is why David would say, he won't call me Moses. So we would say, I know it doesn't matter. My own is just, um, me I'm just doing a couple of things that are not, no, that's not the issue. That's why I said, I can slap a old woman and attempt, not even slap, attempt to slap the queen. If you don't end up in the casket, <laughs> then you know, that's how you know that, you know, there is no, you would you get shot. That's, that is the bottom line. The reason is not what I have done. It is who I have done it against. So that is why if the only person, as far as scriptures can is concerned, is your is is Christ dying as God to take the pain of that sin. Does that make sense? Now, how you now live in eternity is not determined by the way you have served the purpose of God on earth. And that may sound like, it's okay, I am in heaven. <laughs> but the problem about eternity, what the Bible says eternity, is that once you get to eternity, you cannot change anything. It is the way you are. Can you imagine somebody coming from Afghanistan? They just want to get to the UK. And they get to the UK through boats or whatever it is. And the only thing they have is what they are wearing. And they are going to be sleeping on the road. And they can never change it forever. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You don't understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that your hope is that you will improve your life when you get to the UK. But when you get to heaven, you cannot improve your life. That is it. So if you come turn up in heaven with boxers for the rest of eternity, that is how you are going to be. You are going to be in heaven. But that is how you are going to be. If I tell you that the way you live one day Will determine how you live for the next 1,000 years. How would you live that day? That is 1,000 years. Now, eternity means that that is the way you will live forever. Let's go to, uh, let's go to, just keep going. So let's go to, I'll come back to that. Now, the Bible says, please, the Bible says that, it says that by the grace of God has given me, I have laid the foundation as a wise builder. Else, no one uh, else else building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any other foundation than that is already laid, which is Christ, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, let's go, please. He said their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring. So you're going to be quick. Back, please. Just a Sorry. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And fire will test the quality of each person's work. If 
it has been if it it is built if 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 it has been built survive if what has been survived the builder will receive a reward but if it is burnt up the builder will suffer loss but yet they will be saved the bible says even though as somebody that has escaped fire i mean somebody whose house went on fire and they came out like that the bible says that is how they will be they will be in heaven but they will be as a homeless person. That is, that's why I said, even though as one escaping through fire, I am not particular about anything. Please don't. Somebody was saying to me one day, somebody who was a single person to me said he had a revelation one day and he was seeing himself going into the gates of, the, of heaven. And he saw Babaladuras who were sweeping and cutting grass outside. The consequence of what that means is that their work was tested by fire. And everything had no significant value in heaven. They made it. They are there. But the position is so then will be the position they will remain forever. The Bible says that the quality of the job is not that you did not do. It says that that quality will be tested. And if fire consumes everything, you will get to heaven, but you will be there. That man of God who said that in that picture always sticks in his memory for a long time. Because yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Let them say, ah, Babala, Dura, all this kind of stuff. It is, if God tests it, now, what, what determines quality? For example, now I am preaching, and ah, see the problem about quality of job is that God can use that job to still win souls, but you, you will lose out. So I can preach now and have okay. Let me just use this example. There was one uncle. Thank God they are married now. But you know, there was a particular girl he was trying to impress, inquire. So you always make sure that he's the one that does hallelujah. So, so that they will come to the front. You will hide on his clothes in such a way that when the girl sees him, it goes, oh wow. You know? And things like that. But as far as God is concerned, every work he has done is going up in flames. Because the quality doesn't make sense for God. This attitude of you can serve God anyhow, you would, we would discover in heaven that you cannot serve God anyhow.
And so as you reflect on yourself, as, and again, see, if God has placed you in a place, please do the job, no matter how small you think it is. Because God will not ask you what he did not send you. Does this make sense? It is not how much you do with God. It is the quality of what you do. So that is why they did not say that we are testing how many things they did. He said we are testing the quality of the result. If I, if I want to preach now and my intention to bring you to show you certain translation in Greek or whatever it is not to establish knowledge but to show you that you know we to know Greek people may be saved but that work is gone up in flames see people can push you I'll use myself as an example there was one day that I was invited to a Pentecostal church to go and preach. And I was preparing. And I felt that God was laying in my mind a couple of things and things and things. And so I was preparing, I was ready. And I got, I was praying. That morning, I was about to leave. No, it was evening. I was about to leave. And I had God say to my spirit, what are you going to do? I said, I I've been praying since two days ago. You have been sharing this with me. And I'm going to share. Well, that's not what I asked you. What are you going there to do? And as it was questioning my mind, I discovered that because people have said CNS is so bad, they don't know scripture. I was now going there to go and show them that in CNS, we know by God. As far as God is concerned, he was saying, whatever you do is going up in flames before me. Because your aim is wrong. As we do anniversary, thank God we know, God said, give whatever you have. But if your aim is to outgive somebody before God, it is going up in flames. Our leg And we go on day, one day, you know, on the pounds, we will double it 200. The benefit of that money is the church. Before God, it is filled. That is if. That is the best thing that God can do as a mercy is that that work goes up in flames. That is God's mercy. When you read Acts, Ananias and Sapphira, do you know what started it? Don't start from Acts chapter, chapter uh, 18. Go, go to uh, chapter 7. You discover that what happened, Gong Gong, was that there was a man that gave to the apostles. They gave to the church. 
And the Bible says that they called that boy the son of encouragement. That was what caused it. So I asked Pastor ah, if Pastor can be calling this person son of encouragement, let me also go and bring my own in such a way that will show them that we are also here. And that received a cost from him. That's why no, I don't go to adversities to preach. But <laughs> I said, well, there are some open that you be before God, and yeah, heaven's so altar will yeah. open and place a curse on it. Because it has been brought out of envy, mm -hmm. out of competition. But that is what we now do. We say, ah, and hello there, hello there, no, 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 no. Ah, God have mercy. That's what is happening. That is it. Because as you present it before God, a cause is released. So, I'm begging you by the message of, see, give. I am not saying don't give. Please give. That is why you see something is happening within the body of Christ. And people are thinking it's devil that is fighting them. No, it's not the devil. Scripture does not permit it. But God said, give all heartedly. So, if you are giving 10,000 pounds, whatever it is you want to give, one nine, one pound, give it from your heart. Don't care. See, I've said it here before. I too, I have suffered beating from God over this thing. I'm sharing it. My former church, they were doing Thanksgiving. They were giving money. So I gave my money into the pocket, into the, and I went to the toilet. By the time I came back, they were already doing roundabout. You know, when um, people go around and give money. So they were putting offering. And in my mind, I was like, ah, Bayo, you are the Bible teacher in this church. How will people say that you came around, you didn't even put anything? And I had no, I had given my last. I now searched my wallet, and I had one, one P that was hanging somewhere. And I now picked up that one P. And I was dancing, and I hold, held my hand like this. <laughs> <laughs> And now, you know, I do not dance, 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 you know how you hear, I not. <laughs> and instantly, before heavens, I had it in my spirit, how dare you? That month, ah, <laughs> it was hard. I knew I had to be asking God for mercy. He said, never in your life. Is it, who are you? Who are you presenting gifts to? Them or me? I saw you when you gave your money. So why are you now? Why do you now have to have to? You know, you are giving it because it's not because you wanted to give. But how are they going to say? Ah, hey, Bible teacher, he's coming. You know, and these are things like that. And do you know the sad thing? People don't even care. It is in your own eyes that you think. That they're looking at you. People don't even care. 
That was the first and the last time I've ever done thought stupidity. And I weep when I see certain things going on because I know that people are just being cost. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So we are not saying don't give. Please give. But if it's only one pound that you can give, hold that thing. Give it. If they, if, thank God we don't do it here, but if I show not stars before you go, excuse me sir, can you move on? It's as simple as that. Thank you. Move on. Thank you sir. You move on. It's as simple as that. You know, yeah. Because I know I understand that some people are put the very fix. So oh, yeah, come and dance, come and dance, come and it doesn't work that way. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So the Bible says that their work will be burnt off. If all you are doing is praying for people for deliverance and their souls are not saved, that all work is burnt off. So if, I, if I'm ministering to people and somebody's living in sin and I'm not concerned about that, it's only how to bless them, how their life moves forward, that all work is going up in flames. If God has given you the opportunity to clean chairs in a church and you are competing for the pulpits, you will get that pulpit, people will be saved, but your work is going up in flames. Because what God called you to do is to clear the chairs. That's why it's important that we realize and we keep teaching ourselves that cleaning chairs does not make you less than the person preaching. In fact, by scriptural standard, the person, the person cleaning the chairs is more, is, more, is, is more prominent in the heights of God than the person that is preaching. By scriptural standard, the Bible says that it is better you don't preach. That's what scripture teaches us. Better you don't come out to teach. Because those who teach will be judged more strictly than those. That's what Paul said. It was Paul that said, Paul said, I'm begging you. Please don't, don't come near it. We that Paul was talking about, we that we have dedicated our life, we know one thing that we will be judged harshly. More harshly than those who are listening. That's why when Jesus came, he hardly placed course on people. He placed course on the Pharisees. Why? Because they were the teachers. But now everybody wants to rush in. Say, ah, I too must say my own. <laughs> oh, God help us. <laughs> you know, I'm not perfect. I, I tell people, I'm not perfect. I have, but one thing I've learned, if I teach something this week, Guarantee if you are if you're someone that teaches, or maybe you even maybe worship or whatever it is, the devil will come after you to come and test you on that thing that you are saying. So if you preach on anger, guarantee he will come and test you. Come and say, teacher, come and try, <laughs> come and try your come and it's easy to say, come and try it out. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it will be burnt off. Though it will appear that they are escaping. Now we will, we will just come to this as we as we draw this closer. 
That is why as you can, no matter what God has called you to do, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. In order to know what is valuable before God. See, if you are, if you are, if you are, if you are in your whole look, see, one of the things, and as we look at this, is to understand that no matter where God has called you, you are not the first person. So that means that you don't set the standards. If God has called you into the banking sector, you are not the first person he will call them. There are people before you that God has called. And as far as God is concerned, you, 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 let's see, you can be, you can be, I can be the, uh, amen, but at a time when things were still, Okay, I was the uh, record holder, 100, 100, uh, <laughs> 100, 100 meters record holder of your blessing. <laughs> uh, the rest of people came and they, <laughs> they took it away. Amen. It's just a year. Uh, well, COVID has, but it's just, it's just a year. So, so we have said it, you know. Now, as a day, in due of blessing, I was the champion. I was the champion of 100 pieces, 100 kings. I don't think he came there. Like he, you know, he came when I won. So, but at least, he, so, but when he appeared, <laughs> the record was gone. What am I trying to say is that you can be a local champion. You can have your own standard and say, this is how we do it. But when you are being graded by a general um, level, see, even though that he has the um, record order for dear blessing, when you come to the level of Olympics, Olympics. <laughs> that record order will be will be. <laughs> it wouldn't even bother to turn up on the pitch and on the track. But what I'm saying is that, is that it is okay if we are the one grading ourselves. If my comparing of ministry is that, or comparing of what God has got, is comparing myself to Brother Joshua, I say, well, I'm better off than Brother Joshua now. You know, I'm, I'm better off. But the day I, I stand next to some boats, then, <laughs> you know, there is no competition. Now, what, what, what am I pointing at is that at a particular level, the standards change. So it is not good enough for me to say that, ah, this is how we do it in the CMS world. Because the CMS world is not a standard before God. It is good, but the standard is bigger than that. Let's go to Hebrews, please, just quickly. Hebrews chapter 12. I just want to. The Bible says, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witness, that means people who have gone ahead of you. He said, let us throw off every weight that hinders us or sin that easily entangles us so that we can run with perseverance, the race 
marked out for us. Please note, the Bible did not say the race you created. It said the race that's already marked out for you. So, if I were to be training for the Olympics, I need to, I cannot come here and say, what did you run the last time? You say, hey, I don't know if it's five minutes. <laughs> Let me try some other fights, you know. Let's just put it that way, you know. Or let's say that, uh, that uh, we didn't even time it, but, you know, it, that is a record order. If it says, uh, you know, we, we ran it in one minute or two minutes, and things like that. That, when you come to, if, they are, if I'm going to be on the same track with the likes of Usain Bolt there, I cannot be comparing myself with our two, two, um, two minutes, three minutes in this environment. What does that mean? That means that Usain Bolt's record is, is 9, 9.58 seconds for 100 meters. I think I'm right here, yeah, 9.98 seconds on 100 meters. So if I am in the group of two, min two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, <laughs> we are in our own class. But the problem we are having, the challenge in this, and this is where I'm going, is that the race that God is calling us to run, we are not the one that sets the standard. If we were to set the standard here, then it would be easy for us to say that, ah, don't worry, you can do it, it's not a problem. If you, if I was to create my own standard and say, no, this is how God is leading me. Have you heard that before? This is how God is leading me. The problem is that the reward system is not how God is leading you. There is a standard that is already set. So, I have no choice because the race has already been marked for me. There are pastors that have come before me that God is saying, that is the race you are running. You are not running the race of your home. So you cannot come and say, uh, our home ministry is, is, new, is new generation ministry. No, it is the same paths that they run. So that means that when God is going to call me to judgment, it will not, I will not be standing, I will be standing on my own, but I will be standing in the line of people who have served God and, and standing before him. So he will not say, Bayo, I understand you are in London. Hmm. Yes, you know, there's a lot of hustle here and there. There's a lot of fornication around. At least, you know, you were okay with two girls plus your wife. It's okay. It's okay. I understand the pressure you're under. I used to say this to us. And God help us all. You know, when people say that it is men that fornicate, or it is women that talk a lot. But the problem about that statement that when you get to heaven, God will say, Yeah, women stand here. Ah, you can, you. You're talking around, how was it? Ah, it was little. Ah, yes, because we may have that weakness. But yeah, come. No, it doesn't happen that way. Oh, does it? Ah, by mm. Ah, you try, you try, you try, you try, you try. Otherwise, you didn't have more than one or two. You're yeah, okay. 
Because I can get you up and say, ah, you know, could you say, baby? Because say, ah, okay. They are allowed to marry their wives. <laughs> <laughs> My men, have you heard those statements before? Men are naturally poly. And who says it's in the Bible? I said, show me one part of scripture where God accredited more than one wife that anybody had. Every one of them. The other ones we are seeing, they didn't exist. So, you know, that's why God did not create Adam. I said, Adam, okay, let's create Esther for you. <laughs> so that you will have, you know. But what I'm trying to say is that, see, all this definition that we have, people know that I'm in London. The problem is that when you stand, there is no lane in heaven that is for London people. And so the Bible says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a a great cloud of witnesses. What does witness mean? People will say, I too live the life that you lived. See me. So why are you, what is your own excuse? Oh, it is because I am young. And Joseph will stand up and say, ah, I was young also. Ah, women chase me all around the streets. They brought it into my house. I saw it into the. I rejected it. Said, therefore, now let us quickly look at the. So this is verse 12. You know, I shared with us so that the Bible was not written. Most of the Bible was not written in chapters. You don't write letters in chapters, do you? You write letters. Okay, so what they spitted in chapters is so that we can understand. So that means that if you go to chapter 11, and the Bible says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies and was not killed, and was not killed with those who were disobedient. What else more shall I say? Do I have time to tell to tell um, to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, um, Japheth? Joseph, uh, sorry, um, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms. Please, faith here is not faith of I believe. Faith here is talking about their, their commitment to God. So it's not faith for money. It is faith for, that's why when you read Hebrews um, chapter 11, you will talk about that. Moses, because of faith, he walked away from sin. The problem is that we've been teaching a particular type of faith, which is not bad, but it's just a very little aspect of faith. The faith in Hebrews chapter 11 talks about people walking away from sin because of their faith in God. So the Bible says that who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained the promise. Please note here, you have administered justice. That means that these people are not pastors. So God is saying, even in the place he has called you, he's expecting you, because of your faith in Christ, be able to administer justice in that environment. The, uh, the Bible says they conquered kingdoms. 
They shut the mouth of lions. Let's see them, please. He said, they quenched the fury flames and they escaped the hedge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. So, Bible is saying that these heroes of faith, if you say that I am me, I am just weak. The Bible says that their weakness was turned into strength. Who became powerful, who, who became powerful in battle and, um, and rooted in foreign armies. Women received their dead and raised to life again. Yeah, okay. But the Bible says that there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain even a better resurrection. So, um, uh, uh, um, ref basically, what the Bible is saying is that people were tortured because of their faith. So, maybe your whole case is that, ah, God, you know, no. God, no, I cannot just, you know, I cannot just go through all this stress. The Bible says that, no, the weakness that is standing with you and me, he said, no, they were tortured, but they did not give up. Let's go on, please. He said, some face jails and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were, they were sawed into two. Do you know who was sawed into two in the Bible? Isaiah. He said, he said, they were killed by the sword. They went about in sheep, in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the desert and the mountain and living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them had been had received their promise. I'm oh, sorry. Um, uh, did you know anybody who graduated after COVID? Graduated after COVID. Yeah, did you graduate after COVID? They had to do three sessions of or two graduations together. Together, I'm trying to say. So the Bible is saying Moses. Elijah and the rest, they are still waiting for their graduation. They are waiting for you. So you will now join that king. And when God is going to award every one of us, he will award everyone together. So what does that mean is that you cannot say my own standard is different. Oh God, no, 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 no. The problem is that they did not, they, they, are, they are rested in heaven. But God is saying, no, we did not end it there. We told them not to worry. There are other people still coming. So the Bible says, since they had planned some, since, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So what he's saying is that I want you to know she will do. They are there waiting for you. We are saying all of this to say, if it was down to me, Bio, to create my own standard, then it's okay. But the problem the scripture is pointing at me is that Bio is not left to you. There were people who came before you. 
God will not rewrite his rule because of me. If God were to look away from certain things, then those he destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah, then he should, he, he should, he, he, he has to say, he has to apologize to them. The reward system that heaven creates is that you would also stand beside every other heroes you read in the Bible and you would all be rewarded together. What that means is that I cannot choose to live my whole life the way I want. Because they have also labored, hoping that the sacrifice they have done, you would make it, you, you make a better one of it. Same thing in the secular world. There, you are not the first person that will become, I don't know what is it, you know, maybe you build that house. There are people, see the house that you are building, there are some people who wrote the uh, you know, okay, kill a man, away. You know, can you see? Some of you understand what I'm saying. Amen. You know, there is a physics textbook. Can you see? From the days of those men, do you know that the person, the messages you are writing today is only be made possible because of the first messages that somebody created? And so those who are building on it today are only making better their sacrifice. So also is Christianity. There are people who have come before you who had done as much as they can and they have left it for you to carry. And you can, you and I cannot live our life as if it doesn't matter. God bless. Let's just read on, please, just as we as we go on. And as we just come to this place, what I would say is this, and this is where we come to the place of, is that when Jesus came to the world, the same Holy Spirit that came on Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that came on him. Jesus did not have a different Holy Spirit. Elijah did not have a different Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible will say in the book of James, the Bible says that, so you don't have the Bible, the Bible says that Elijah is a human being like you. So what is the common denominator between you, Elijah, Moses, and the rest is the Holy Spirit. That is what you have in your journey. That's why Jesus would say that. He says that. He says in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us when we are weak. He said, we do not know how we ought to pray. So that means that there is a way you are hard to live or how to do something, but you are, you know, your, your system is, is still fighting itself. But the Bible says that God, the Spirit himself intercedes through us. Now, I would have loved if the Bible had said the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. 
but he said he intercedes through you. So that means that what he does is that he acts for your own cooperation so as to help you to live the life that God has called you to do. But do you know why the Bible calls it weakness? It's because if you think that you are okay and you are strong enough, then you do not need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says because you are weak and I am weak, you need help. And the Bible says it intercedes through us. Let's just read on, please, because of our time. Let's go. Let's go. Sorry, I slide it. So, as we. No, I'll just go back to you. No, um, yeah. I just want to just point out this to us before we just come to the place of prayer together. Let's go to that song, please. The Bible says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I have spoken. I'm sorry, he said to Moses, look, look, I have specifically chosen um, um, Bezabel, the son of Uri, grandson of all, the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom and ability and expertise in all kind of craft. So what we are saying here is that it is not, the Holy Spirit is not only there for you to be able to speak in tongues. It is for you to be able to, in where God has called you, maybe you are at your work, but you don't know how can I translate this to become an eternal word. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is there in such a way that will help you even in your careers, that you will turn those places to God. And he said that, he said he, he is a master craftsman. An expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. Let's read on, please. He says, um, let's just, he said, I personally appointed him, and things like that, and he says, I have given him special skills and gifted craftsmen so that they can do the things I have commanded you. So God is saying, even though in your own field, God, there are certain things that God wants you to do. But you need his spirits to be able to guide you. These people were not there speaking in tongues. They were actually people doing stuff with their own hands. And that's what Ezekiel later says, I will put my spirit in you. Ezekiel says, I will put my spirit in you that it will cause you to obey my words. Let's go this. So I'm skipping. No, sorry, let's go to John. The Bible says, I would, no, that's okay. I, I would ask the Father to give you an advocate to help you. That means the Holy Spirit is there to help. But he needs your cooperation. You no, know, Jesus, when Jesus was introducing the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, if anybody tests, that means you have to genuinely need it before it gets released to you or it gets activated in your life. 
and we are not only saying you come here and we're not telling you to see vision if that is not your gift it's okay but where god has called you maybe you're a business analyst as proposals come your way god is saying this is how you go ask that person this question you will see that people begin to come to you and say where did you get that from that is your own open door to witness Christ today. It is not everybody that will come to church, at least for the first time. But people will see you out there. I was talking to, I think he mentioned it one day, he was doing, I think it was a wedding that we were playing, if I'm right, are you okay with doing it? Wedding that he was playing, he went to play at a wedding. And somebody, who was in the crowd came to meet him and have spoke to him about their need for God or something. You know, he was playing, he wasn't there doing church service, he was there playing keyboard. And as people were doing dancing, uh, by brother, I think God was witnessing to somebody in that brother's tree. Maybe in her mind she was so fed, she just wanted that brother thing to because the Holy Spirit was knocking on the heart. Even in the midst of a party. And he was not doing solo. There were other people around him that were playing instruments. But she located him and spoke to him about her need for God. That is what I'm saying to you. I am not saying that you would, but they ask, but if you pay attention, if you are more conscious that God is using me in this place, you would be, you'll be conscious of looking for eternal rewards, not only rewards that will just be here and disappear. And that is what, you know, I'll share this, there's somebody here, somebody in church also, who's, who's a medical person. And person was talking to me about, about the fact that, you know, she wanted to, um, you know, it just keeps coming to her mind when she gets home about people that she's seen and things like that. And I said, baby, that's what God has called you to do. Why don't you clear your altar of prayer and write their names when you get back and begin to pray for them. And she got to a point one day, I said, in the UK, you are not allowed to call people and say, I want to pray for you. In the hospitals. Now, what happens are people would ask her, please, she didn't carry Bible. I just, my heart is a bit troubled. Do you mind praying for me? But what happened, she took the opportunity and began to take it seriously. Maybe your home is in a classroom or wherever it is that you are in. You see an issue with the child. You take it to the place of prayer. And as God begins to pour his ideas into you, you begin to see that they will begin to find their way to you. Let's just read uh, the uh, scripture before that. We'll go to the word before that, please. And I just want to just leave it here as we come to the place of prayer. Some of us are like, because we read people that are ahead of us, people who have done great and mighty things. 
And you are like, where am I going to start from? You see somebody, maybe who's playing, let's say keyboard, for example. Dead person, people are coming to like, ah, you God that said that music is my How is that ever going to be possible? There's something the Bible encourages us. The Bible says anyone who is among the living has hope. There even a living dog is better than a dead life. As great as Moshe Monade was, do you know what Moshe Monade is now? By this scripture, he's a dead lion. He's dead. He's gone. But God is saying, if, even if they're just your, your little one, you are better off. Because there's nothing Moshe Monade can do now that will affect anybody. As Moses is as great as Moses was, God had to tell Joshua, Joshua, Moses is dead. What he's saying, the great lion is gone. You, you are better off than that great lion. Some of us will come from families that God has used people greatly. And you're looking at us and saying, ah, you know what? God is saying, no, they are gone. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Maybe in your career you've had people that have achieved so much and you're like, no, that cannot be me. God is saying, no. <laughs> a dead lion. lion is worse than a living dog. So God is saying, I'd rather use you <laughs> than to keep talking about the dead lions that are gone. They are lions, but they are dead. They are gone. It is now your turn. And that is what I want to leave you with as we come to the night here. There are great people that God has used in life. But as great as they are, they are gone. Baba Lola, as great as he is, as he was, he is gone. He can't do anything now. But the little dogs, God is saying it is better to have them do something than you to keep saying, ah, see, this would have been better if Musa Rimaladi was alive. No, God is saying, Musa Rimaladi is dead. He's gone. You do something. May God grant us grace. In Christmas, the last Friday, in Christmas, God was with us. In Easter, God was for us on the cross. But at Pentecost, He is in us. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.